0: Welcome to Raise and Deploy, a podcast dedicated to international investments with insights from the world's leading investment professionals from New York to Timbuktu. Each episode, we bring on a new guest to discuss the trials and tribulations that occur when seeking substantial returns in foreign markets. We cover the full life cycle of an investment, from the moment you contemplate raising capital offshore to the final check cashed on the returns. Today we sat down with Renato Abasamra and Jamie Keller of Spectra. Spectra are an investment fund based in Brazil that invests across Latin America. They talk about their backgrounds, raising their first funds, and what types of investment excite them most in the coming years. One thing that you should look out for is their innovative search funds. Let's get started. Renato and Jamie welcome to Raising Deploy the podcast very excited to have you both on we've known each other for years and really excited to get into the, the weeds of not only what you've done in the past but what you're going to be doing and how you've revolutionized investing in Latin America so Jamie do not you give us a little bit of a introduction into Spectra where you got your kind of spurs and then we can get into the conversation.
1: Perfect. So to give some content, first and foremost, thanks for having us. And just to give some context on Spectra, we started the firm back in 2009. And for those listeners who don't really understand or are not too familiar with Brazil and Latin America in terms of private investments, back when we started the firm, we basically only had a couple of private equity managers. So we had a, a clear evolution of what we call private markets or private alternatives in the region. But when we look back to 2009, that wasn't the case. Uh, But during this time, when we we decided to launch the firm, we understood that we had a certain evolution and complexity. We had many new managers, new private equity managers, uh, showing up in the region. And we had, at this point in time, something very peculiar in Brazil, where we had interest rates coming down and people now started looking into investing in private equity. So it was practically the first time families started paying attention to this asset class. And we didn't have really a fund of funds product in the region or in Brazil to cater to these investors. And given the asset class was new, uh, very little information regarding private assets in general, we thought that creating this fund of funds model was perfect for that time to help investors who are willing to invest in this asset class to have their allocation.
0: Thank you for that. That's actually really important. You see a huge opportunity in Brazil. You've expanded that into Latin America. You're happy with the size of market that Latin America produces because of the problems and the inefficiencies that are posed by that region specifically. That's great. Thank you for sharing. So Renato. You're here. You're in, in in Brazil. You're focused on Brazil. You're focused on private equity. You were the the first firm to kind of really bring this into a funder fund product. Where did you look first? Uh, what type of people were you investing in?
2: Yeah, we since the beginning, our mindset was to look for opportunities in in niches of of the market that we we saw inefficiency, uh, and and in private equity, you have the big the big firms looking for uh bigger bigger assets bigger firms to buy uh, and and there was a few number of them so that was the peak of the pyramid uh, somehow uh, uh, some money flowing in and, and we thought the opportunities were not there uh, so uh, we we decided to look down for, for the bottom of the pyramid for smaller companies and 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 big market companies where there were fewer managers uh under the radar guys uh, actually uh, uh being able to explore and, and extract value from that from that strategy so we focused on that at, the, at that moment uh and the, the the whole idea was to uh invest in funds uh and 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 reserve a part of our capital to co-invest with them in a way to reduce fees mostly uh so that was that was the beginning of of uh, you know, the concept of, of launching Spectra. So helping investors to allocate better their capital into different types of managers that were looking for uh,
0: uh, different types of, of sub-strategies. Okay, so so Renato, you, you you know, you obviously have been successful in private equity, uh, but Spectra now handles investments for every type of strategy in, in the alternative investment space across LATAM. When did you see the need to shift into... These other investment classes, and more importantly, why?
2: Actually, it was it was not a need. It was uh, an observation that was opportunity there, in uh, in, especially in the VC space, where we saw an ecosystem being formed. Uh, And 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 since Brazil and Latin America uh, is a big region and with with people very uh, uh, with access to mobile phones and was somehow easy easy in our vision to Make those technologies spread out uh, uh, to users. Here, uh, there was a, a an interesting ecosystem in terms of managers, but nobody was actually investing. And and when we started investing, we we said normally we, we didn't tell upfront to our investors we are looking to VC because they were afraid of the internet bubble back there, and uh, back in the years of 2000. So we start making positions with. GP's that we thought to be the leaders of the industry in the future, and we somehow were we were right. Just
1: to, to give a data point, I think an interesting data point: in 2010, we had about 10 VC managers in Brazil, and in 2022, that number went up to 80. Wow! So it's a rather new asset class here in Brazil and in the region overall, and there was an exponential growth. In especially this asset class.
2: Yeah. So we thought it was gonna be an interesting add to the portfolios to have not only private equity, but a piece of VCs investing in new technologies uh, and that the market could follow the trends of what we've been seeing uh, in, in Europe and in, in U.S. Uh, and, and, and that's how it, when it started. Right.
1: And sorry, just if I could also add one more point. And when we look to develop markets, namely the US and Europe, we we wanted to replicate, you know, if there was a future Sequoia or benchmark or tiger here in the region, we know that we had to be a first mover to be able to get access. And that's exactly what we did. We made a small bet in 2014 in some of the very few VC managers that were around. And if things didn't go well, we had a very small portion of our portfolio allocated to that. But if things did go well, we were there and we could increase that exposure in future funds.
0: Amazing. And I've said this a number of times, especially around uh, Latin America and Brazil in particular, the humility, the youthfulness, the um, well-educated population that, that Brazil is and how powerful that is and how powerful it will be from you know from 10 years from down because the amount of experience that they've got at such a young early age uh and i really from what i've learned is it takes people on the ground that have lived through these investment cycles in high interest rate environments uh to be able to manage these on a day-to-day basis you can't just land into latin america and you know, go to Mexico and then expect you're going to be able to conquer Brazil next. It really is, and that, that, that I clearly see the benefit of your model by having these soft landing approaches by via these managers. Love it. So it, you've now you have you, gone into bc Oh, sorry. Sorry, but, it's, um, a yeah, it's a
2: complex environment. It's a complex environment, and we really we really think that locals really understand it. It's very cyclical. So. so we don't. We don't think. Uh, since the beginning, we we always looked for teams that were generally local guys that has the perfect vision of that cyclicality and the problems that we face to build a company, to hire people, to uh, to, to live with the uh, with the cyclicality of the environment, uh, and, and that's that. That's how we think it makes sense
0: to invest here on that note we've seen an improvement as well with the service companies the level of uh expertise that are coming out and the technologies that are supporting these companies and fund managers for that matter to be able to become global so we see improvements in fund administration accounting legal um uh, companies even the way that people are distributing credit through technology is improved upon so i feel like the the ecosystem that's supporting these companies and managers is also improving, which is really um, great to see as well. So, we've talked a little bit about VC, a little bit about private equity. Where else are you excited about and investing in now? So,
2: I think that at that moment, back in 2014 15, we also saw some other opportunities emerging in the region that called our attention forward. For example, we were we are facing a very complicated microeconomic environment in brazil back in 2015 and 16 also political in the political side very unstable there were a few families and pension funds that had started investing in private equity in, in back in 2008 we, we saw the opportunity to offer liquidity to those investors they could be uncomfortable of keeping those positions And that was the moment when we started our secondary strategy.
0: Really interesting stuff. In fact, can you elaborate on that secondary strategy a little bit more, how that played into your overall approach to investing?
2: Since then, we evolved in in that sense into our portfolios. Secondaries are now 35 to 40% of of what we do in in Spectra Funds. We are actually the most relevant and active player in that space in, in Latin America. You're still buying pieces of uh, funds on average 40% discount on NAV, which is pretty much more what we see in the US and Europe. And this is, again, linked to our mindset of looking pockets of inefficiencies to allocate our capital. Uh, not only secondaries, I think. Same with distressed assets, distressed uh, equity strategy, where to the secretality of the region companies are every day uh facing problems and there was no manager at that point back in 2014-15 actually looking to those opportunities we we found one very interesting that posed the strategy to us and we became anchor investors on that fund starting to raise exposure uh into the stress assets and was very successful so i think that, that's the, the main, uh, I would say, oversight on on, on Latin America is, is that it's a very inefficient region with lots of opportunities. And once you have the right people with the, the right capacity to explore those natures, it can be potentially very
0: profitable. Completely see that. And one of the things that's really interesting is obviously you've um, – done this primarily in the beginning with domestic capital, right? Um, when did you start looking, when did you start seeing the need to go overseas or the, the 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 value of you basically being a Sherpa to foreign capital coming into Brazil?
1: So when we look back at the beginning of Spectra, it was a very small fund. It was a first time fund. So this was mainly funded by family and friends, like many other, firms out there, and as we started growing our track record, showing people that this model, this very hybrid and opportunistic model of investing in private alternatives in Brazil and Latin America was working. We started getting attention from larger institutional capital. So already in our second fund, we we had a couple of local Brazilian pension funds joining in our, our cap table already in fund three. We had our first institutional. U.S. capital, so uh, a U.S. endowment also becoming one of our LPs, and we started also having a larger pocket of not only single family offices, but private wealth managers who also given our track record, felt comfortable at that moment uh, to invest with us. And we've had uh, we've been very successful in this sense. We've had a re-up rate of about 90 percent fund over fund. and. When we think about our LP base, we ideally would like to have practically an equal split between local Brazilian families, local Brazilian wealth managers, institutional investors, and then the remaining fourth of our LP base internationally. And today where we see there's a slight imbalance in the international portion of our LP base, so it's roughly at 10%, and we would definitely like to at least double the presence of international LPs uh, in, in our funds.
0: So how do foreign LPs impact your funds approach? We've been very
2: successful in generating returns in local currency. Uh, Spectra funds are uh, generating on average 40% IRR net of fees since 2010 to investors. Uh, wow. and, and, and and even even though it's a very high level of return in local currency international investors are afraid of effects in impact and and this is uh for sure the main reason why international has not been investing hardly in the region or, or in brazil uh, in the last years our way of thinking that is we should look for the best returns we can deliver in local currency and with time, even if we have an, inf- an FX impact, it will also generate great returns in, in, in US dollars or, or, or euros. Or uh, you have an idea from, from 2010 to up to now, generating 40% IRR in local currency, it actually means 30 to 31% in dollars. So uh, we, we, we know international investors are, are worried about FX. It's part of the risk of the region. Uh, But I think that uh, the message is that there is enough proof to produce very high returns in local currencies that can uh, compensate the FX impact.
0: And that's obviously why we started talking, right? We started talking about how we were going to showcase ways in which hedging would impact IRR versus leaving yourself open to these these market moves. What I love about your situation as well is you have the ability now and also the capabilities to invest in other regions to diversify yourself away from that dollar BRL, the Euro BRL crosses. Um, have you seen that a part of your thesis for for a while now? Are you actively looking to diversify your own FX risk by going into new regions?
2: This is not a driver. We look for the we look for, we look for the region. And, and the opportunities that uh, we, we we see in our deal flow uh, will make us take relative decisions so i'm not actually looking to have a balanced exposure in terms of currencies i'm i'm looking to to invest in in whatever makes sense to us in a in a risk return uh, profile while we our strategy or through those years was to Create relationship with managers in different niches, if it's VC, private equity, distress equity, legal claims, mining, whatever, in Brazil, in Mexico, in Colombia, in Chile, in Argentina, that provides us a a very robust deal flow in opportunities, then then we make our selection. So we we provide them flexible capital. We invest part of our money in their funds. So we can create, create that relationship and, 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 and then we, we have agreements to, uh, to to see their co-investment opportunities that become huge to us. So we, we we can be very selective in in choosing those opportunities that comes from those relationships we established and and reserve a part of our portfolio to give liquidity to whoever wants to get out or to give extension to funds so so it's it's a very it's it's an investment play spectra is an investor in alternative markets in in latin america and and we we understand that the most specific the most specialist manager is the better he can do in that niche of opportunity so we try to select who are those teams and provide them
0: capital uh with everything uh, to, they need yeah so no can. i i it's a very smart business model and i like the fact that you're not being dictated as to where you're going to go through through those different things it's very much about focused on finding those right managers at the right time that you could ultimately uh, feed with capital to do what they do best i love that so with that being said Let's not talk about what you're already invested in, but what you're looking to invest in and what's exciting to you right now. Which regions and which asset classes are you uh, actively looking to fund?
2: Yeah, w- we still see better opportunities in, in Brazil rather than Latin America, ex Brazil. So uh, we, we've we been around for a long time. We We had an office in Mexico back in 2018 uh so we we made a very deep uh, mapping of of the opportunities in the region. Uh I think we still see some opportunities in venture capital in in, in those countries like Mexico and, and potentially Colombia. Uh, there are some opportunities in secondaries in Peru and Chile now. There is but, but in Brazil we saw a very strong move into venture capital in the last three years that transformed that niche in a more efficient space and that's exactly what we don't like we like to see where people are not so we started to lower our exposure to vc in our funds and, and and focus more in the private equity side which is now uh in terms of it's more scarce in terms of capital with with very interesting opportunity so uh, potentially in the next two to three years we'll we'll focus more in, in PE here.
1: If, if I could compliment, yeah. I think the largest shift in our asset allocation in the past years has been in BC. So in fund four, we reached about 25% of our fund was invested in BC, mainly through managers in Brazil and Latin America. And when we started to raise Fund Five and invest in the beginning of 2021, this trend and this uh, expansion, of not only in capital but in the amount of new managers coming into the region, made this asset class, as Renato mentioned, the most efficient.
2: This is a, a you know a special chapter. We are really excited with the surge funds strategy in in Brazil. Spectra became the most active search fund sponsor in, in the region. We have 33 search funds that we act as sponsors now to investors in 10 companies.
0: Just for the, um, uh, for the listeners' benefit and mine, uh, um, uh, can you explain exactly what a search fund is and uh, you know, go through uh, just, just maybe some examples?
2: Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a fundless, it's a sort of fundless sponsor. So it's a, it's a team of people I will look for a target for acquisition but they don't have the capital yet they have sponsors that are providing capital for them do the process of search and 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 the diligence and and etc and when they find that opportunity they negotiate the terms and then bring that opportunity to to the sponsors they have the right to invest but they're not they're not uh, uh, committed with that invested investment yet this was strategy created back in the years of 90s in, in the US in, in the schools of, uh, of management, the top tier ones, and it become something that started to develop in the US and, and Europe back then. And in Brazil, uh, we started to see search funds opportunities 2016-17, and we are really excited about that because it creates a much better alignment of interest. Those people are going to invest in just one company. They're going to jump in those companies and become their CEOs, main uh, executives. So and, and the, the result of their, their, their gain will be 100% linked to the success of that specific opportunity. They're looking for smaller companies. So at the, at the very bottom of the pyramid, which is more scarce, more inefficient, what we like. And uh, we are we're really excited
0: about that. I I love um, that concept as something that we've often looked at as a, as a startup in our own situation. One of the things that I think is going to be paramount uh, for VCs in particular is finding this commonality within their uh, within their funds portfolio companies, and we see that right now. You know, VCs have been very uh, broad with with their their the choosing of their portfolio companies and as a result now they have to make sure that they're you know profitable these companies as quickly as possible to to maintain the valuations that they've set on these these firms for a very very long time they're not ceos necessarily all of them uh, some founder-led vcs i think are going to do really well in this situation because they're going to be help be able to help their startups go through this tough time Other VCs, you know, the capital is going to dry up and they're not necessarily going to have that commonality that's going to allow their portfolio companies to enrich each other. Uh, A search fund would be like that from day one. Everything that they do is about finding pieces of the puzzle that fit together and build a better, more profitable company at the end of it. Commandeer markets. Ultimately, take over the, um, the a sector potentially and be you know be able to get first mover advantage on these opportunities and create a more valuable entity at the end of it. Very very smart and it's something that obviously we saw similar things with the SPAC and 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 um, you know it's sort uh, of SPAC,
2: over, private yeah. SPAC. And, and, and there's a characteristic on the target companies of of a search fund. That is also very interesting because there are com- those are companies with higher margins, 20-25% margins, with with recurrent revenues, low capex, low complexity, uh, low complexity business models, and what, where the searcher will buy the control necessarily. They they will pay like 50 to 60% upfront and the remaining with a seller finance uh, facility. So this is, it's a very simple model. So they are looking for simple companies. And then those guys jump in with a lot of energy with the will of transforming that, not totally, but actually putting that energy in the growth of the company aligned with the interest of investors that want to see them grow. So it's it's a very interesting uh, uh, business model. So there are small companies and and, and also we, we need to to have a concern with the exit strategy. If you if you build a very big company in Brazil or Latin America, liquidity becomes less becomes becomes a problem. So what, what we like is is to see companies that will potentially generate like five, six, seven times money to us. They're not, not going to become giants, but then we see liquidity in that, in, in that layer of the market. So, so we, we are very excited with that.
1: And, and another characteristic of search funds, not only in Brazil, but in the U.S. and Europe, is that we're paying pretty, relatively low entry multiples. So, in the 30-plus searchers that we've backed and the 10 co-investments that we've invested with these searchers, on average, we've been paying five to seven times, and if you compare it to the VC portion, this definitely it's 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 not even comparable. So it's something that we're we're buying uh, high growth companies at low prices, and that's exactly what we all like to do here.
0: Yeah, very smart. Love
2: it. Just complementing what we were saying before, what we look in terms of structure of, of opportunities it's not it's not that we dislike the VC strategy. We still believe in it. And, 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 and being honest, I think it's a good moment to invest because valuations are lower. those companies will face cash problems. so there will be opportunities to buy companies and to and, or stake up in, in companies and, at better prices, companies that have that, that has uh, a, a good pace of growth but we see the private equity market even more interesting at this point and and not not only the pe since we are we are looking to the, the broad spectrum of, of of private markets we we really like the mining strategy here the, brazil is potentially the on the biggest mass of ore in the world we have Uh, all the types of of ores in in, in Brazil and we have practically no one exploring that opportunity. We helped to create the first private equity fund focused in mining in Brazil back in 2015 and these guys are doing amazing
0: investments. Great! so we're coming um to the end of the podcast now but i know that you are raising fund six i believe uh can you tell us a little bit about fund six you know where you're going to be investing where you're raising f- uh, from and and the success today
2: yeah i think that jamie can help you w- with that but we we are we just made our first close with half percent uh, with 50 percent of the size of the fund we start raising it in september and, and we made this closing beginning of this month uh It's it's a tougher environment to raise money, uh, especially from local investors that uh, somehow scale with a macroeconomic situation, interest rates very high. But we've been having a very high re-up rate since uh, uh, since the beginning. So our investors are re-upping with us, uh, and then we 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 are we are able to fundraise it. We, We think there is a it's not a growing interest but better signs of interest from international community that we've not been seeing in the last years and i think that that's because the world is a mess also. So, uh, uh, they are scared with with perspectives in the u.s there's war in europe uh so maybe uh, that's the reason why they're starting to be more curious about latin america we, we've been talking a lot with international investors and we think that this time would potentially bring a bit more money from from abroad. But but it's not a money movement yet. Uh, it's, it's I would say that the first movers are,
0: are coming. And Jamie, same question uh, to yourself, probably more focused on, on, on the race side. Uh, which countries in particular have you seen um, interest from and... How have the conversations changed from this time to your previous raise at Fund 5?
1: Great. So Fund 5, definitely, we were going through a different moment. Uh, We had lower interest rates. We had a much more favorable economic environment and also demand for private alternatives in general. So we had a very successful raise for Fund 5, which was about two years ago. And although the environment now is a bit trickier. We were successful with our first raise at about 50% of the, the the total target. So even in a tougher environment, because of our existing LP base, we were able to have a successful close. What we have been seeing different from our past raises, as, as Renato mentioned, is much more interest from international LPs, namely US and, Europe and European LPs. Also for Fund 6, we've had our first Colombian family join in. Yeah, so I would say
2: from Latin American families, also this this interest has has great, uh, right?
1: Yeah, for, definitely. So we've we've seen not only in Colombia but in Chile and, and some other countries in the region, and something that we have not explored in the past. So it's definitely definitely a novelty, and as we mentioned previously, it's something that we are looking to expand our LP base internationally, and we think it's a great moment because. Since 2008, practically, international PE didn't have a reason, really, to diversify abroad. And now, with a tougher macro, global macro environment, people definitely realize the necessity to diversify. So I think this is what has probed international investors to come knocking on our door and looking to Brazil and LATAM specifically.
2: And the sentiment it's is, is, is clear because two three years ago, four years ago, we started our roadshow uh, uh, plan shooting messages to, to to international investors, they didn't even respond. And and, and 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 now at least they're responding and accepting the meeting. So this is a sign that interest may be raiding.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It certainly is a tougher time, but it seems like your reputation precedes you and your success is a valued uh, asset out there in these times. And I I love that word diversification. Um, I think what happens with a lot of people, especially in the US, is they need to see this consistent approach. Um, They need to know that you're not going to go away. Uh, And also, you've got to remember, we couldn't travel. So we couldn't get out of the country and come and see you and shake your hands. And I would um, implore any listener to go out and and visit uh, Brazil. I myself had 30 meetings in three days with managers. You were included. Um, And every single one of them was amazing, filled with very energetic, happy people that are very optimistic about the country. And um, I know the country is in good hands. Uh, a great opportunity. Um, I think this is a great way to end it. Uh, leave on a high note. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, just a quick one. Just where where can they find a little bit about you, Jamie? Obviously, Fund Six um, uh, you're raising for now. Um, if you want to just kind of let them know your uh, your main contact details, your website, and then we'll, we'll we'll close out.
1: Perfect. So we can be reached at spectrainvest.com
0: perfect all right many thanks a big thank you to renato and jamie for their valuable insights into latam investing what stood out for me most was their wide portfolio of investments their opportunistic nature in deploying capital into other funds and how fx can impact lp's returns i'm excited to see how their fund performs in the future especially their innovative search funds Thanks for tuning in to Raise and Deploy, the international investing podcast brought to you by Diaglo, the go-to FX platform for global investors. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and are looking forward to the next one. If you or anyone else you know has experience in investing internationally and would like to be our next guest, please reach out to us at jb.diaglo.com.